Ned Elmo, thanks for coming in. Big week, baby. Thanks for having me. Exciting week. How uh, how's everyone feeling about the Gilman McDonough? What is what what number game is this? So that's a funny question. Actually, this is, this is officially 106. Right, it'd be the 106 playing of it. Um, we actually, my senior year, we played McDonough twice. Right, so so unofficially, right, uh, it's it's 107 in my book, but but we we won both those games. So so I think uh, McDonough don't like to count that one. This is another one in our win column for us, but so 106, 107, but but really, really impressive, awesome rivalry that that um, I'm proud to be a part of it still, right? And, and excited for these boys who can who can uh, you know take advantage and be a part of a historical event here. So yeah, really exciting week, and, and, and thanks for having me on here to, to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, we had a couple great assemblies this week. Yeah. We've got the pep rally coming up today. Um, what is maybe the atmosphere or the mood on the team right now? How is everyone feeling? Why is this week so special as yeah. a as a football team? And, you know, in the huddle and maybe in some of the aspects of the rivalry that we on the outside don't really see too far deeply in. Yeah, it's it's a really cool thing um, for players. And, and I've been talking to the boys about this a lot. And, and, I, and it, I think it sinks in at certain points for, you know, different times for different people. But one of the really cool things is just, is just you're a part of something so much bigger than yourself, right? And you're a part of a uh, history. You're a part of, sort of you know a culture that you know not a lot of people get to be a part of, right? And and that's that's a special thing. Um, and and I think that's you know you're representing yourself. You're representing Gilman. You're representing those who came before you, right? Those players, uh, both McDonough and Gilman, and, and you're a part of something that is a lot bigger than yourself. And so that's that's a really cool thing. It can also be a little daunting, right? And so I think I'm sure the boys are feeling some nerves, and and you know this is a, a big and hyped up game, and so it's uh, you know it's nervous, but that's that's good, that's exciting, right? And that's mm-hmm. that's part of the process. So I think they're they're sort of working their way through it and, and feeling it, but you know we're we're treating it like uh, you know a special game, but also we got to go out and, and handle our, our stuff and and you know do our job and do it to the best of our ability and. You know, we'll see what happens. But I, I, I have confidence in the guys. I'm really excited for them because it's an awesome atmosphere to play in, right? Yeah. It's, it's, I'm really excited to see it uh, and feel it again tomorrow and uh, and have those boys have the opportunity to do so. Um, I was talking to a few of the football players in my classes, and I told them, or I've been thinking about at this point in the season when it's the last game yeah. and it's the rivalry and yeah. there's so many people out there and there's a lot of noise. It's almost all about motivation at this point. And the X's and O's, yeah, they're important, but when you get out on the field, it's – yeah. Really, who wants it more? Who's more excited? Yeah. Who's hungrier? And that's the thing is, is these games are a lot. Anything can happen, right? Crazy things have happened in these games. There's, there's been you know plays, big plays back and forth um, throughout sort of you know the history of the game. There's the, you know everyone sort of has has that Gilman McDonough story because um, and I, that's another thing I tell the boys is, is crazy stuff happens, right? And so you got to be ready for that, right? You can go one way or the other, but um, I think you're right. It's it's about you know, staying, staying motivated. Um, we've worked a long time, right? These, some of these guys have been working since June to this moment. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a lot of work and a lot of things that sort of culminate all together in one game. Um, and again, that can be overwhelming, but so you sort of fall back on just, we're just playing, right? We're going to play, we're going to do our best. And yeah, yeah. The X's and O's are, are great, but we, we just got to show that effort and enjoy being there, right? Mm-hmm. And enjoying it is really an important part because, it goes by quick, right? And so you want to you want to take the take advantage of the moment. 
Yeah, I remember playing football, and and so much of football is hot days. You're yeah. in your pads, yeah. you're sweating, <laughs> you're grinding. I saw some guys yesterday still hitting the sled. Yeah. A lot of it's not really that fun. You know, yeah. you've got practices that are crappy, crappy weather, cold yeah. weather, hot weather. This game is the is what you do it all for, right? Exactly. Yeah. This is this is the fun part, right? Yeah. The your practice is not supposed to be fun, really. It's it's supposed to be harder than the games are, right? Practice if you're doing it right, and um, it, it's it's not always fun. Yeah. You go from you know you think about it, you go from really really hot and heat and you know heat conditioning to even now when it's pretty chilly, right? And so um, yeah, a lot you're dealing with, and it all culminates in a really special event that. Yeah, you don't. Not everyone sees the hard work that these guys have put in, uh, mm-hmm. and very few people actually see the hard work these guys f- put in fully. And you know, they have worked really hard, and they deserve you know they deserve the accolades that they get, and because they're they're putting in the effort. So with this new coaching regime, I talked to Coach Joe Lozana a yeah. little bit about this. But what have been the major changes within the culture of Gilman football this past year? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, Coach Fanzal has done a fantastic job, right? Within a short amount of time, coming into a uh, a, a really you know historic program, right? That's not easy. Where there's a lot of history to it. There's a lot of you know set culture, right? Which and, and and a lot of expectations. And he's done a great job of dedicating himself to learning that culture, um, as well as how he can best help promote it and guide it in a in a great direction. Um, so again, within a short amount of time, one year, he's done a great job of adapting to that, and I think, really, um, helping the boys to that earlier point of understanding that they're a part of something bigger than themselves. Right? They're part of a Gilman football, Gilman McDonough game, or throughout the entire season, they're a part of something much bigger than themselves, and they're working towards continuing and uh, building on that legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, he's he's done a great job with that, and, and you know, and a lot of the other coaches um, like Coach Lozano and all them have have really been helpful towards that. Do you, uh, what do you talk about maybe as a group to help the players, the students realize that this game has larger reverberations in the history and the traditions yeah. of Gilman football? Because, you know, you're in high school, you're thinking yeah. almost in a linear path. I've yeah. got a game on Saturday. I know it's a big deal. I know a lot of people will be out there, but sometimes you don't really fully understand the bigger picture. How do you, as a staff, as, as coaches, help them see you know, you don't want to make too big of a deal of right. it, right? Because it's right. just another game. But how do you help them see, I guess, the larger meaning of the game? Yeah, it's it's a balance, definitely. Um, working with with guys that I think some guys have have come through maybe the lower school, the middle school, and heard about this game. They've seen the pep rallies. They they've sort of it's built up. It's built up in their minds. And then some kids have come in, even you know, just in high school for a couple of years, have definitely heard about it. You know, it, it's a lot. You know, talked about a lot by the coaches and alums that, that come back and talk to them. So they get a sense of it pretty well just by the, the nature of, you know, how people talk about it and, and, and how they reference it in such a, you know, important way. Um, and then, yeah, it's a lot of, yes, this is big. Yes, this is a big moment, but we still have to do our job. And I, so for my linebackers, right, I have a great group of guys that have been working with this year, really proud of the work they've put in. Um, they've, they've progressed. They've, they've stepped up in different roles and have done a great job. And so I try to just encourage them to, you know, just keep playing, right? Fall back on your training, right? You know, we, we've worked hard to get to the point where we, we are now, and you can always rely on that, right? Mm-hmm. You guys have put in a lot of work. You can rely on that confidence that, that, is, that you've built up over these past sort of nine games so far. 
Um, and so that's that's hopefully a comfort in there. And, and when it gets a little bit like overwhelming at times, and it can, um, you can fall back on that sort of training. Um, and 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 those guys they've shown a, a really good sort of resilience and a and a fight to them in a lot of these games so far. And, and I'm confident they'll do the same tomorrow. Yeah, I mean it's so exciting. There's a lot of noise, obviously, and there's the big pep rally today. Yeah. And you know we had Darius Jennings talk to yeah. us at assembling, yeah. which was awesome. My former teammate. Oh yeah, yeah. You guys played together. Uh, yeah, he was a quarterback. Uh, my first year on varsity, he was there. Uh, he played with my brother, and then uh, I got on varsity my sophomore year, and he was he was a QB. What what class was he? Was he twenty? So he 10? would have been ten, um, I believe. Yeah, ten. And then so uh, awesome guy, right? Awesome, awesome athlete um, on the field, but then just an awesome guy off the field too. Um, and really, it was great having him back and having him give that message of the importance of the game to this whole student body. And, th- and that's another thing is, is it's, it's not just the players, right? It's a, it's a community. It's the student body that gets involved, which is another really special thing about it. I love seeing all the, all the other students excited about this. Love seeing them at the pep rally, love seeing them at the game. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for everybody really. Yeah, it's funny. I was trying to teach some Edgar Allan Poe today in <laughs> class, and we were hearing the music yeah, out on, right. uh, on out on the stadium field, yeah. and we had the Raiders come into the classroom, yeah. and it's very hard to stay focused sure. during yeah. this time. But it's really exciting, and I you know I almost paused class a few times just let let it happen because it's pretty cool. It's a, it's part of the experience. Yeah, yeah, and I'm. Uh, I'm glad that you know we're able to, to be back and do all that and, and have have the whole you know community come together, uh, multiple communities really come together and rally around this event. So it's a really special time. I think it'd be cool if the Bryn Mawr students and the Roland Park students could come over for our pep rally and make it really, <laughs> because I think they yeah. have something else going on today. But I yeah. think you know it could be cool to have all the schools combined there there's some there's some pretty legendary pep rallies i tell you I've, we've had some good ones in uh, in my time and and there've been good ones since um that that really you know are, some things are incredible that that they've been able to pull them off i think last time you were on the podcast we talked about the parachuters yeah. coming down yeah and i think the funny thing is i think maybe later that year or the year after they did it again <laughs> um, they brought it is actually that same guy who 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 uh parachuted down my when i was a must have been a sophomore then he did a, he did it you know 12, 13 years later again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a cool one. Yeah. And we had some, we had some other really cool instances, uh, that, that people put together. Um, and, and it's, it's, you know, a lot, a lot of leadership by the students, right? A lot of that is put together by them. So kudos to the, to the leadership now, right? Um, Ben Weinfeld, student body president doing a great job, um, and, and has worked on the pep rally for a couple of years. Right. So I'm, I'm proud of him. Um, he's also my advisee. So very, very proud to see him right you know, do well and, and be a part of this all we need to have him in here for the podcast to talk to him a little bit but he uh he does a great job rallying the student yeah. sections and getting guys out to games i yeah. feel like that's his his major strong suit as a leader he's yeah. just very into that it seems like yeah very personal guy very excited um guy got a lot of energy and and that's what we need um we there's a guy jd kameen was the student body president when i was here also and and he did the original uh skydivers and had that same kind of energy and it was it was really fun yeah i'm excited to check it out today yeah it should be fun you usually guys come out on dirt bikes right <laughs> yeah they'll have all sorts of, of vehicles <laughs> out there i think uh um and they've done a good job of, of of you know getting talking to us and making sure it's all all up and up but uh you know excited to excited to see it and do you remember the first gilman mcdonough football game you ever went to it's a good question. I I probably don't probably because I was you know a baby. <laughs> I'm sure you know because because I've had a lot of family involved in the school and involved in this game particularly um, for a number of years. Um, 
And so I, I don't remember the first one, but I do remember, you know, going through lower school, going through middle school and sort of building up to the moment where I could participate in these games. And that was, you know, nine, it was 10 years in the making before I was actually a, a player and was able to, you know, participate. And that was, I do remember that, that notion of like, of generations sort of building up to that, that, that moment. And that was really fun. Any specific memorable instances in the four years that you played in the game, like certain moments that were unexpected or just like amazing memories for you? So I, 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 there's, there's a, it's, you know, you talk about how you, you remember the, the, those who have played in Gil McDonough games, they remember the scores. You remember, the, I, I do remember a couple of just like specific plays of, of, of uh, that just went because I was the offensive line, uh, guard at the time. And so I did a lot of pulling and I was pretty much a glorified fullback that would come around the edge. And I do remember it. We, we senior year, we played them here the first time we played them. I do remember coming around towards their, sideline and just on a, on a pulling as a blocker and having our uh you know our, our running back right behind me and and just hitting the heck out of a linebacker in front of their bench and uh i remember this sort of collective of ooh on their bench and that was uh, that, that felt pretty good right and we ended up we ended up um gashing them pretty good on that play but um just in general i i, I think it's just uh you know you, you remember the the feelings the emotions of it all um and and it's that's what sticks with you, right? The 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 camaraderie that comes from playing with guys in, in a really special event, mm-hmm. um, and and it's nice to sort of revisit those now. Yeah, it's crazy how you can remember a, f- a feeling. You yeah. know, it's yeah. uh, I'm thinking back to when I played. I played growing up football. I didn't play in high school, but I played Pop Warner football growing up, and I was on this really special team in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. We made it to the Pop Warner Super Bowl down in <laughs> Disney World. And I remember it was my birthday. It was November twenty fifth, and I played on the line, but I because I was always the biggest kid out there. But yeah. I was also uh, the punter there you go. for the team, and we played this team from Philly. My team was the Conestoga Generals, yeah. and uh, played this team from Philadelphia, inner city, called the North Philly Aztecs, yeah. and they were really, really good. And we needed to win this game to go to Disney World, and I remember. I was on the line. I had these weird warts on my thumb. Yeah. I don't know. It was just like a fungus or something yeah. on on my thumb. And this guy st- stepped on with his <laughs> cleat, my thumb. So my my hand was bleeding. Yeah. Like I was bleeding out and I had to I had to do the punt. I had to catch yeah. the punt on the next play. So I was freaking out and uh we ran a fake punt. There you go. To because we were down and we needed a touchdown, and I played with this guy who was amazing, a youth athlete, Joey Carlini. He ended up playing lacrosse at Hopkins later on, but yeah. just one of the best athletes when we were kids. So I had to do the fake punt with a bloody wart thumb, <laughs> and I think I closed my eyes. I chucked it up, and it was like the most gl- like glorified moment in my yeah. athletic career that go. I hit Carlini <laughs> for a touchdown against the. Philly Aztecs on my birthday. It was like my That's best awesome. birthday. Ever. That's awesome. You relive them. You relive those plays over and over again. Yeah, but you That's could great. still remember what yeah. it, I remember what it feels like to yeah. freak out when I yeah. you know, got stepped on, and then you know the next play making that pass. Yeah. It was just that's what that's what it's all about. Yeah. No, it is, and it's. I give a lot of credit to our, the coaches too that I've had that that sort of help nurture that atmosphere. Um, you know, it's funny. I think you've had Coach Guline on here. He was my offensive line coach, and and did an incredible job of, you know, like he does in teaching of finding the ways that we best worked and and could best contribute to the team, and therefore we felt really confident in our abilities, right? So I remember like like feelings of just being 
so confident in the team, right? So confident in our abilities, what we were going to do. We walked on that field knowing that we were going to do pretty darn well um, because of our preparation, because of the way we, we, we worked at, like out of the limelight, right? At, on the, on the practice field. Um, and I give a lot of credit to those coaches that, that, that created that atmosphere where we were able to be successful because man, we, we really, when we were rolling, we were, we, we were rolling. <laughs> it yeah. was really fun. Yeah. One of my coaches used to say, uh, approach games with confidence, but yeah. not arrogance. Yeah. And, absolutely. um, it was interesting. I was just trying to make this real cause I have a couple football players in my class that I just taught. And, uh, we read a story by Edgar Allan Poe called the cask of Amontillado, oh, yeah. which is all about pride. Yeah. And I think the border of, of, you know, arrogance. Yeah. So I was trying to use the example of like, you want to approach a game with as much confidence as possible. You should feel good about yourself. You yeah. should feel good about your preparation. But as soon as that kind of goes into the territory of arrogance, where you think it's just going to be handed to you, or you're just going to have to show up and yeah. you'll get it done. That's when you're blinded by the unexpected. Yeah. Oh, and I absolutely. And I went into those games confident but nervous is all get out i mean i i you know i used to get very nervous before games and and just i wanted to do my job well i wanted to do it not necessarily for me but for the guy next to me right because i knew he was going to be going as hard as he absolutely could and so i needed to do the same um and so that yeah absolutely you, you need that you need that little nervousness and that, that's a good thing that's, yeah a lot of coaches say that's a yeah, good thing absolutely before a game. yeah that, that pre-game nerves those uh, it, it heightens your senses. It gets you excited. I mean, it, it keeps you it keeps you a little bit on that edge where you're ready to make plays. Um, um, but and finding that balance is tough, right? That conf, that balance of confidence and nerves is is not an easy thing to get to. But when you do, you can have some really special teams and really special players. Um, mm-hmm. And and it's it's okay to you know acknowledge that and admit that and, and be nervous. And that's 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 part of it, right? And and use that to your advantage. I think is the message. Yeah, I used to have a friend on my Pop Warner team. He used to he used to like throw up before every yeah. game because he was yeah. so nervous. But yeah. he was one of the we called him Baby Freak because he was like Javon yeah. Curse out there. Yeah. He, was, <laughs> he was a beast. Yeah, but yeah, you, you've got to be a little nervous before the games because that means you're you're you value it. Right, it matters to you exactly. You care, right? And that's 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 part of it. You got to care, and um, especially with going back to this this special game, right? These, you know, you gotta really feel that 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 caring feeling and, and that nerves are just, you know, probably a little heightened on these types of games because this is big time and um, it means a lot to a lot of people and, and that's that's okay. That's, that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, we're excited for you. We're excited yeah. for the pep rally today. Yeah. Uh, it should be well. a special should be a special couple of days here. So yeah. yeah. Good luck. Thank you. I appreciate um, it. Happy to be happy to be here and and you know excited for for the guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is what has this year been like entering a new position yeah. as a, as an assistant athletic director? What has it been like leaving behind some of your classes? I know you're still teaching a little bit, but just kind of shifting your schedule and your role at Gilman. Yeah, it's um, it's been a, a fun year so far. I mean. Uh, been working to find that balance between being in the classroom, being in sort of the, the athletic realm. Um, it's, it's been a great opportunity, great advantage, uh, to, to work with some great people. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed learning a new side of the school, right. Um, where, you know, I spent a lot of time here as a student, a lot of time as an athlete, um, and then came back as, and was teaching and, and, you know, felt good about learning and, and still do continue to learn that role. And it's been fun to learn this, this other element of things that are, going on behind the scenes and how everything's really, really gets put together. Um, and, and, and 
you know, as best I can help contribute to that. Um, so it's been a great learning experience. Um, been busy, right? Been, been bouncing back and forth. Um, I'm glad to still be teaching. I think it's, it's important uh, to, to keep that, you know, foot in the classroom. Uh, it's great to get to know the kids. Um, I teach some from freshman classes, so it's good to get to know those guys that are coming into the upper school. Um, and I will teach some sophomores in the second semester, so it's nice to, to revisit with them. Um, and just and that creates a relationship that I can then sort of work with them throughout their time in high school. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's a huge advantage. Um, and then you know, going further with with the the assistant athletic director stuff, it's it's been nice to you know work on the adult side of the school as well, right? A lot of kid uh, facing uh, jobs that I've had in the, in the past couple of years. Now it's some adult facing stuff, which has been a nice step for me to take um, and learn how to how to deal with all that and and work with some great people there. So, so it's been fun. So uh, what are I guess what occupies most of your time as an assistant AD? What are, what kinds of things are you working on on a day to day basis? Yeah, so I'm I'm uh, in charge of um, upper school intramurals, right? So that program, I work, you know, making sure getting everyone signed up, getting getting the coaches what they need to do, and and getting that really in the beginning, getting that off and running, and then having anything that pops up there. So, um, and and I, I take pride in that because I think it's it's a huge portion of our, our student athlete program, right? Um, um, even if 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 our guys aren't playing interscholastic sports, they're playing intramurals, and I think that's a that's a great advantage that we have here. And you know, those are those teachers that are coaching that, right? Our teacher coach model is is extremely important. So um, I work with that a lot. Um, also work with lower school PE and facilitating that. And we have some some awesome instructors there, who uh, they'll probably be upset with me saying this, but uh, taught me PE when I was in lower school. Some of them, not all, but uh, mm-hmm. Coach Tony Jordan was there, and and uh, um, you know. Uh, it's nice to revisit and work with them again. Um, and so that's, that's part of it too. And then, um, you know, various things, just, you know, keeping with the facility, we did a lot of work with getting the new weight room up and running this summer, mm-hmm. which really happy, really proud of, um, and excited to say that that's, that's been great. And we've been, we've been using that, uh, a lot and a lot of teams and, and the student body and alumni and teachers and everyone's been, been using that. So that's been the fun to, to work on and improve our facilities. Um, and also just sort of, uh, further as an advocate for and a, and a help a guide sort of to coaches right and help help them as needed um work with students work with other coaches and other administrators um so it's a lot of sort of nuance in the role but mm-hmm. it's but it's nice I, I enjoy being able to bounce around and work with all sorts of people to the point of the uh younger students the lower school guys that you yeah. always see around campus running around yeah. and being active i'm just an outsider just looking at that and watching them as i walk you know, around campus. And I wonder how we figured out, and this is probably an obvious answer, but I wonder how we figured out that that's so good for young boys to just, they just do laps. Like you just watch them do laps around campus and do sprints and, you know, Coach Jordan's out there and a couple other lower school faculty are out there just running these guys. And they have so much energy that it's so important um, but I think that that's a, almost a classroom in itself. You it know? is. Absolutely. It is. And it's, um, how, I mean, and that's been going on for a while, right? The, the, as I said, I mentioned myself being here and, you know, I learned how to jump rope and, and, and improve swimming and stuff like that. It all within these classes. And these, these are, yeah, they're classes, right? They're working on movement skills. They're working on, um, you know, motor function skills, um, that, and that's actually something we've been recently sort of working with, with boys and, and getting them used to, 
you know, athletic movements, but in a in a more in a fun way, right? Trying to trying to get them to move, be active, um, be in shape, as well as sort of get them used to those athletic movements that they might you know use on use later on in their careers. Um, so it's it's a it's a yeah it's an interplay between teaching as well as as having it be fun. Um, which, um, yeah, Coach Jordan, uh, Coach Sheets, Larry Sheets does a great job. Coach Fred Ziles down there as well. Um, Coach Smith's uh, helping with the pool. Um, so there's there's a lot of nuance to that too, where you're you're trying to yeah get them active. And they're they're working right. They're working hard. They got some, you know, they're in lines doing jump ropes. They're 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 but they're also you know when it's kickball it's it's competitive you know and it's good and they're they're sprinting to the bases and they're moving around so they do a great job with that yeah they do i mean it's very hard i've been coaching a little bit with the lower school tennis yeah just with lightning and one day a week but it's very hard to keep these guys in line oh, and yeah. in order and not to you know lightning I, does a great job with them too he does I'm a great job that. with them because i think it's important and again i'm just an outsider but the little guys need a, a base. They yeah. need a circle to stand in. They need a chair to sit in, or they're going to be roving around, yeah. and then you're going to lose them. They need like a home base, and I always yeah. see them standing in, you yeah. know, the hula hoops yeah, out a there. Structure, yeah. So, I, you know, kudos to everyone who's working with the younger guys, but they seem to do a really good job. They seem to have figured out the the formula. Yeah, they do a great job. It takes a lot of energy and a lot of work, and and they do they they you know, filter that energy of the boys into that or, or you know, uh, funnel that rather into into a really, you know, healthy way. Yeah. Another thing that I wanted to talk to you about that I wanted to see what your thoughts are mm-hmm. uh, down in the tennis hut. Mm-hmm. Um, Lightning has a bunch of motivational quotes and, oh, yeah. and signs in there that yeah. are handwritten. And I saw one of them that I think just applies to you know, a tennis team, any sports team. And I've actually just read this to my classes. They probably think I'm, you know, crazy. But I said, (laughs) you will probably do really, really well in my class. And the sign says, 10 things that require zero talent. One, being on time. Two, making an effort. Three, being high energy. Four, having a positive attitude. Five, being passionate. Six, using good body language. Seven, being coachable. Eight, doing a little extra. Nine, being prepared. There's only nine, but it says 10 things. <laughs> Those are just so easy. Yeah. They seem so easy, but I think if you have these things, be on time, make an effort, have high energy, be passionate about what you do, you know, body language in the classroom, just sitting up basically yeah. and making eye contact. Yeah. Be coachable. Like, you know, know that your coaches and your teachers are just trying to help you out. They're not, it's nothing personal. They're trying to give you good feedback. Do one more, do a little extra, come to class prepared. You'll probably get an A in every class you take. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Class, field, you know, court, it, it, it really applies well. Um, and it's and it's another thing I'm really proud of being a part of the athletic part. A lot of our coaches have those similar messages, right? Um, it's 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 not, you know, we're not preaching too much about the talent. It's it's about those little things, right? Um, I always, always uh, had a, a great phrase that was sort of as I was growing up. My my family told me, particularly my mother, said you can control two things, right? Your effort and your attitude, mm-hmm. and 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 you know a lot of other stuff is going to go on. But if you can control those two things in a positive direction, you, you're going to do pretty well. Um, and that is like that, right? Just they're, they're not solely based on talent. There's things that you can do. It's it's effort and it's how you you know the attitude that you bring to it. Uh, so I like that a lot. And, and again, our coaches 
you know, do a good job of, of sending that message to the boys. It's interesting how the formula for success is it's so easy. You know, it's so simple. It seems like this is something you just tell to the yeah. little guys, yeah. but it applies to everyone. It's so easy, but it's very hard. You know, it's, it's yeah. hard. It's hard for me to be on time places. Sometimes yeah. I'm running late. It's hard for me to be high energy every day, but yeah. you know, they're hard, but they're simple. It's yeah. just like a, like a children's book guide to success right there. Yeah. And it, and it's funny, you know, it's, you have the motivational posters up there and, and sometimes that's that's what it needs. You just need that little checklist to, to keep reminding you. I think I think it's it's small steps, right? You you take these huge massive leaps and, and it's gonna be really hard to try to, you know, get everything you want out of that. But just the small steps, one more thing. Um, and I say this to, to my advisees and my students, right? You might like and I ask them, so what, what other work do you have going on? You know, in other classes and, and I try to get a gauge of where they are. Um, and then, you know, that's the first couple of minutes of class and sort of seeing what's going on in their lives. And then we sort of talk maybe, all right, this is a step we can take. And, and generally they're going through the same thing, right, and, and or similar things in and, and different classes. And then it sort of opens up a conversation that they're talking between each other, being like, well, this is how I deal with it or this is the small things we can do. Um, and I just encourage, right, small steps, you know, you take one bite at a time and you, know, you can accomplish some some big things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I totally agree. It's, again, it's, it's daunting, but, you know, it's, it's possible it's, and it takes some discipline. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think the reminder is a good idea. I mean, even if you spent the first two minutes of class just reviewing that list. Yeah, yeah. I, I always think that in class, and this is probably true about practices too, setting the intention right before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I did that with my classes today, and they both went really, really well. And they were actually not that distracted by the mm-hmm. music outside. And, the, mm-hmm. you know, I think uh, the intention is really important in setting the tone. Yeah, and in a time where there's there's so much stuff flying around, and and you know you think you got you know you got to handle all this stuff all at once. I think you say you know yeah this is this is what we're trying to get done, right? If we can get this done in this class, so to speak, or this practice and this sort of in this study time period I have, if I can get this done, I can it, I can call that a success. Um, and that's another thing I think is, is hugely important that our boys are, are working through and, and try to encourage guys. And I, you know, work out on myself. I have, you know, little note cards that I write to myself, like this list, if I can get this list done today mm-hmm. or to this time period, I'm gonna call that a success. And, mm-hmm. and you know, there's there's plenty of other things I could be doing, but I gotta give myself a little credit for what I do get done. Um, and I'd say that to boys, you gotta, you gotta, you guys are working really hard, right? You give yourself some credit. I know there's a lot of stuff going on, but you gotta, you gotta be kind to yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Um, what classes are you teaching right now? So right now I'm with, with my freshman of world cultures class, right? And then I'll have art history in the second semester, right? So I have a couple of sections of world cultures where, um, you know, it's, it's really fun. It's like a global history class. We get to bounce around the world a lot and, and deal with different regions of the world and, and talk about their, their climate, their histories, their cultures, um, and, and sort of with the, with the goal of, um, one, building study skills, research skills, note-taking skills for, you know, freshmen that can then use that throughout their career. So we're fo- it's a skill-based class. And then, two, really having them, you know, approach the world in, in, with a broad mind and see that there's a lot of different areas around the world with a lot of um, fascinating, fascinating things going on that they, can, that they can dive into and learn about. And um, it's, it's cool to see that, that process occur. I've seen this book that you have that you brought in. I've yeah. seen that around and I'm wondering what uh, what it's about and how you guys use it in class. So this is this is a good book. It's called The World, The Brief Introduction by Richard Haas. It's uh, I find it really useful and I, and I give full credit to, to Brooks Matthews for finding it. And we, we sort of 
were working it in the past couple of years in various ways and then made it a had it a, a sort of a text for the class this year um and it's it's a cool book because what it does it's kind of a political science approach to it it, it breaks the world down similarly as as we do in regions but it's a very approachable way of doing it i think um you know uh, in a way political science can be kind of uh daunting and, and a little bit uh, intimidating but but he does it in a way that i think is is approachable right in a way that i think that our students can can sort of read and be like huh that that makes sense right and not not sort of be overwhelmed by it um so again it, it's a it's a useful book I, I find it just interesting to read in general right um i know a couple other teachers have picked it up and started reading it um it it sort of is a it's a logical way of looking at the world in a way and it's and it's um, you know, based on some of his experience, but also just, just in general, sort of this is, this is the way things happen and the way things occur. And I think um, it's, it's, a, it's a good way for our boys to, to approach this. And it's, it's sort of a supplement to, to a lot of what we've, we talk about in class. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a good one we, we use. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I encourage the boys to, to read on their own and read for fun as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, it's and hard to do. It, it can be. Yeah, it yeah. can be. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I, you know, have run into that myself. And I'm a big uh, audiobooks guy, so big, big Audible. Um, Sometimes listener. it helps with the audiobook as you're reading. I mean, I yeah, it's not the best, but I, I don't really knock that down too much because at least you're looking at the text and you have it's almost like a 3D experience in some ways. Yeah, so I, I actually I use that a lot in my school career, um, having dyslexia and coming through Gilman. It, it it was tough because you know it's fast paced, it's competitive, there's a mm -hmm. lot of reading, a lot you got to do, so. Um, you had to find ways to, to, to you know, get it, get an advantage. So um, I, I worked, and this was before Audible, this was before a lot of those online services that offer. You had to send in for CDs and, and you know, and, and all sorts of stuff to try to get the books to, to read to you. And, and uh, you know, credit to my mother. She, she gave me the confidence to really advocate for myself and, and talk to teachers and be like, this is what I'm working through and this is you know uh something that would be helpful for me um and so that's that's something i try to talk to to our kids about too is advocating advocating for yourself knowing how you learn how what can best work for you because our teachers are very accommodating and very willing to help and they, they want to know that they want to know how you best learn right um so yeah big fan of them and and just for fun too right i i um, brought that book, but I have, I mean, I have my audible app that I have about, you know, 106 books on there Jeez. that I'm just listening to. And I think, uh, you know, about 45 of them are from this author, Clive Custler, which is just, you know, a fictional mystery kind of writer guy. And, and it's just very easy reading, easy listening, really that, you know, you know, in the car walking around and I'll just, I'll pop it on and, and it's great to, you know, sort of have that that zone and just sort of you know f you know fall away into a story, which is really I think uh, it, it, there's there's an advantage to that too. Sometimes you just sort of check out and you know get out of your own perspective, and it can be really nice. Yeah, it's interesting because I love reading, but I'm I'm really not that good at audiobooks. Like really? I'll, I'll um, you know I'll be super excited about Audible, yeah. and I kind of go back and forth on it because. I like the idea mm -hmm. because I can just get through a book yeah. you know, super easily, but it's never what I expect. I get Audible. I sign up for the subscription again. Yeah. I get really excited about the token <laughs> to get a book. Yeah, right. And then I do the first couple of chapters, and then I just stop. Yeah. Like I, I fall apart. Yeah. Um, and I just think, I don't know. For me, my style is I like sitting down, like no distraction, no noise, just looking at the page. Oh, for yeah. other people, yeah. it's an audio book only. For other people, it's both at the same time. Yeah. For other people, 
I don't know. It's really hard to to read in general. I yeah. just think there's a style for what you what you how you like to consume literature. Yeah, absolutely. I, I certainly there's advantage to sitting down. I love having like a hard copy in the book. I usually I usually do that in the summer where where I'll actually sit down and read it. Um, it takes me longer, but but I certainly do love having that that feeling of, of the book in hand and um, you know the accomplishment of reading it myself. Um, uh, so yeah, it, it depends on, on what works, but, but again, so I just encourage my students to, you know, just, just find something you like. It doesn't have to be too heavy and just be something that you enjoy, um, a little bit away from the screen. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I think there's, there's something to listening. There's something to, to reading on your own, um, beyond sort of watching. Um, and, and it can really you know, it can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually, um, I've been thinking about that a lot too, because a lot of the times students or a type of student doesn't like to read because of the fact that someone's telling them to read something. And I just told one of my classes this weekend, go read something by Edgar Allan Poe. I don't really care what it is. Mm -hmm. It could be a poem. It could be a story. It could be a couple paragraphs. Just read something by him. And now you have the agency to choose. And it's not me saying, you know, go read this. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that works. I don't know. I but I think choice is huge. I think uh, just in general, using it in the classroom, like when I, when I, would do some assignments we just did a research assignment where they they sort of had a choice of which country they wanted to do is that they they do a little background research they pick their top three right and I, and I give them assignment based on that one and just having that that you know the power and authority over their own choice a little bit i think does does you know give it an advantage you know you feel like you're owning that process a little mm-hmm. bit more yeah um, so there's cer- certainly something to that yeah so what in this book has really i guess impacted you or maybe something that you read in this book what is it called again the world uh, yeah it's the called world, the world a brief what, introduction yeah what's something that you didn't know before that you became interested in by reading this book or teaching this book yeah i th- i i like the way that it talks about sort of the interconnectivity between you know different areas of the world um and how um, that can that can be good and 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 the struggles with that um, we we have this subject of sort of globalization in our class and that's a sort of one of our major themes and we talk about the the way that that's developed over time the way that's been good the the struggles with that um, and I think this does a good job of, of expanding upon that and so that's helped me um, explain that in a way that I think is a little more relatable um, to, to 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 students um, you know, I, I was a poli sci guy in college, and so and, and actually took a course, uh, just you know, intro to the political science course, just, just titled "How the World Works," um, and that actually got me, you know, got me started on my major uh, of political science, and and it's just sort of the the functionality of it, the 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 it sort of made sense to me. It was like this this is this is interesting because it's you know it's happening around you, right? I like to sort of break the, break it things down for the boys, like this is. This is, you know, real world stuff. This is stuff that's happening around you. It's not sort of too theoretical, but, it, you know, it's something you can see and it's happening right out there. So I, I think it gives them um, a method to, to digest that. And it gives them a little bit of a, a power to say, OK, I've seen this before and I can then, you know, either make an opinion about it or, or react to it in a, in a way that's that's healthy for them. So that's this that's supposed to help me sort of do that, sort of bridge that gap between. Um, you know, this is happening out there versus, you know, you guys can sort of see this in, in front of you and, and, you know, react to it mm-hmm. in a way. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Do you usually consume news through the Internet? Do you watch the news? Do you see it on t- your Twitter feed? Like how how do you consume the news? How do your students do the students that you teach? Yeah. Do you try to direct them to it's- different methods of uh, g- getting the news? Because I assume that a lot of them just get their news from 
social media maybe yeah it's it's a good question it's a question i've asked my students right personally I, i'm a, a bit old school i i love uh, an actual newspaper right and so I'll, I'll when i can and have time to read it i'll do that um and i love the feel of the paper just sort of the having that um otherwise um sort of a, a nightly news kind of guy will follow that um and then you know just a couple of the you know the the Apple sort of general news idea. I'd like to sort of mix the different things. So I'll get it in various ways. Um, and that's kind of the message is getting it in different areas. Um, and that's in the message I give to the boys. I, I say, you know, I ask them, how do they get the news and, and whether or not they're paying attention to, to global events and or even just events around here. Um, it's a it's a mixed bag. But I think uh, I encourage them just to, you know, keep up to date uh, on find something you're interested in. It doesn't have to be too heavy. I think sometimes it, it, they shy away from sort of sometimes uh, news broadcasts because it's it's often you know heavy stuff. But um, just sort of encourage them to find a way, at least have the um, capability and the resources to then learn more about something, right? And that's mm-hmm. that's more the message I, I get across. And the fact that it's you know can be be an uh, informed consumer, right? Be aware that you know you're you know of, of various bias or you know consume multiple different things and then form your own opinion. Right, based on your own, um, you know, I had a professor, and I, I tell the boys, I had a professor in college, I said, you know, you take what you think, what you what you hear, and what you sort of read, and put it all together, and that's what you know, um, and that's that's sort of a, a, I encourage them to do that, and sort of come up with based on your digestion of all the information you're getting, come up with with your opinion, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's a helpful process, a useful process for them. Diversify your news intake yeah and whether you agree or disagree and and whatnot you can you can certainly do that yeah i think sometimes for me it's interesting to look at news sites from different countries and see how they're talking about world events like the bbc and you know just just looking at different you know because when you look at news in america it's often you don't know what you're getting is it the truth is it is it super biased in one direction? I think it's good to look at different sides of it, but it's also fascinating, I think, to look from an outsider's perspective on American events and how you know England thinks about what's going on in, yeah. in America. Yeah, and that's, that's part of the, the world cultures class is, is getting a more global approach to things. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a really good class. Probably the best class I took in college was during the 20, was it the 2016 election. Mm-hmm. Um took a investigative journalism class with uh, the, the former editor of the New York Times, Jill yeah. Abramson, which was an amazing yeah. opportunity. I had to apply for the class. Somehow I got in. It was a 12-person class during lacrosse practice. Yeah. And I, was, I told my coach, I was like, I have to take this class because it's kind of once in a lifetime. 2016 election, we're looking at different news sources and trying to figure out just how to get through bias, which yeah. is not easy. I mean, I think for most people, it's almost impossible. Yeah. But um, we looked at CNN, we looked at Fox, we looked at tw- you know Twitter feeds, we looked at other types of longer investigative journalism, and really just tried to figure out what actually is true here and where's the bias. And sure. I thought that was just so valuable in exactly what you're talking about, trying to figure out in the world what is actually going on. Like, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's the the cool again going back to classes. The cool thing is we can pivot to a lot of different areas. So um, we'll pivot to their various current events and and what's going on. And I think that's that's another sort of uh, opportunity to be like you know this this is what you guys are studying in school. It, it's happening and it matters. And um, this is where it is in the real world. 
So, do your students do, do you ever have them give presentations to the class? Yeah, we, we'll we'll do that. Um, I think it's uh, a good sort of practice of public speaking skills and and working on that. And and admittedly, you know, some some boys are more comfortable with with it than others. Um, but just the practice of formulating an idea, having that organized, and being able to present those those materials, I think, can be important I and mean, useful. Um, so yeah, we'll do that uh, in various forms um, throughout the class. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, you, you sort of you get the you're different. Some some guys really love it, and they'll shine, and they'll be up there. And um, some guys will shy away from it. But it's it's uh, you know, generally, you know, we create an atmosphere where we're all trying to learn and trying to you know practice something here. So um, I think I think the in the end, it's it's a useful practice. I think so. I think that sometimes goes by the wayside in school. I don't remember having to present, especially in college. Surprisingly, I didn't have to present much in yeah. front of other people. But in teaching, you have to do it every day. And yeah. I feel like, I don't know, just in the f few years that I've been at Gilman, I've, I feel like I've gotten much better in front of people, more comfortable, even in my personal life, like yeah. Yeah. talking to a lot of people, it, it helps yeah. that you're a teacher and you're in front of other yeah. people all day long. Yeah. It's just a useful skill. Uh, teaching teaching is, is certainly, uh, it's cool in that sense. It can be exhausting in that sense too, right? You got, you got some, you know, you, all these questions you get and you're, you're making a million decisions every day, right? And, and there's a million split second decisions every day that, that, that you, you know, you're, you're trying to stay on top of. Um, hmm. and that's, it's a cool thing. It's, it's fun, right? That's when our classes are fun. I, I love when sort of, you know, the questions pop up and I get multiple kids, you know, sort of engaged and interested in asking questions and, and those can be fun, but it's, 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 it can be tiring too. So I know teachers have been really working hard past couple of years um, and are, and are tired, but, but we do, it's nice to find energy from the boys and find energy and on days like this, right, where the community comes together and, and gets excited about something, and, you know, it's beautiful out and that, that's, that's a cool thing. Yeah, for sure. I think teaching, it involves all of your senses and, yeah. <laughs> you know, you need your entire mind in the room. Oh, yeah. You can't be distracted or thinking about yeah. other things because so much unexpected. Yeah. You were talking about in a football game, like you have yeah. to be prepared for the unexpected. I think it, I think it translates at least to the teaching yeah. career because you've got one guy getting up and going to the bathroom in the yeah. middle of class. You've got another guy who's heads down for some reason yeah. that you need to try to talk to him and figure out. Yeah. There's a lot of balls in the air as yeah. a teacher that really require all of your mind and your spirit and your skills. Yeah. I think that you've, you've acquired throughout your life. It's a, it's a hard, exhausting yeah. job, but it is, uh, it is energizing as well. Yeah. It was funny. I, I was like, I guess last week I was, you know, talking to, they were doing some group work and I was talking to this group over here and sort of, you you have sort of the teacher sense. So you, you hear sort of things behind you in the one group. And so talk to them, answer their question and then like go back and talk to this group and the group, like they're looking at me like, how did you, you how did you hear that? We weren't talking to you. I was like, it's, it's sort of an acquired thing where, yeah, you are, you're working on a lot of different levels. Mm -hmm. um, but, but again, our, our guys are, you know, enthusiastic, they're excited and, and they're, they're great to work with. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, that's good stuff. Well, um, so what are you most excited about maybe for the second semester, I guess that's coming up for your art history class. What are you excited to, to get into in that class? Yeah, I, I, I do. I do enjoy that. Um, that was sort of, I sort of fell into that in college, right? I had the, I had the art history classes as sort of a requirement for everyone to do. And then I stuck with it really had a fantastic professor that really, kept me kept me coming back and all of a sudden was like oh, i minor in it so i ended up doing that 
Um, and so I, I'm a, I just love that that class because it can go in so many different directions. It can it can be uh, you got to you learn the class and see what they're really interested in, and 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 I try to get a gauge of that, and and then. I can build a class around that and incorporate things that they are, you know, I, I canvassed them in the beginning, being, you know, uh, you know, depending on their comfort level with art. And um, the, the cool thing about that class is it's, it's not only just staring at paintings, right? We, we, we do that, but we also look at architecture. We look at the way that the world is and why art looks the way it does during that time period. So you get into some cool historical narratives um, as well as sort of the, the culture. And it's a great peek and sort of view into that time period and into the mind of, either a, a person, a civilization, um, in, in general. So it's, it's a, it's a fun class. It's dynamic in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, and where it, on, in a subject where it might not sound like it, right. You think art history is sort of very standard and, and the way it is, but it is, you know, if you do it right, it can be pretty dynamic and engaging. So looking forward to that. Were there certain artists that when you first started taking art history courses in college that really attracted you that made you want to continue your studies in art history? Yeah, so I was uh, sort of fo focused in the area of Mesopotamia and then Greek and Rome. I had the, the, the professor I spoke about was um, he was he was a Greek citizen and 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 a you know, he was in the Greek army and he's also this archaeologist. He's like this, this sort of the Greek Indiana Jones of of the time. And so spoke so passionately about it, it really captured my attention, the sort of ancient Mesopotamia, this, you know, fertile crescent area um, of the world that, that started to really build some civilizations out of that. And um, so that always fascinated me in the way that art was used as a tool and a, and, a, and, a, and a cultural piece of that of that time period. And I think how that has developed you know, up even up until this day is fascinating how art has developed and how it's used. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it was used in very di various different ways throughout history, and that's that's a fascinating time to be there. So, and then yeah, the, the sort of the classic classics, right? Art, Greek and Roman um, are always really fun, um, but sort of how we got there, I think, is a, is a good nice journey to go on. Um, but yeah, that that ancient Mesopotamia time period really really excites me. So most of that art pottery, or what kind of art was that? So you're that? you're working with all sorts of things. You're working with sort of early early temple build, early uh, sort of um, pyramid temple building, right? Called ziggurats, right? So they're sort of step pyramids that you're working with, um, which which is, you know, sort of a a uh, less heard of sort of uh, pyramid structure, um, and and it's just a matter of it's those were sort of central to civilization building. And you're dealing with some of these early civilizations, right? You have Ur and Uruk, which eventually sort of turn into Iraq and, and these these um, major countries and, and major cities that are, are modern day. So there's a huge amount of cultural heritage there um, that that are, is built around these artistic pieces. So you're dealing with large scale to, to yeah, some of the smaller and, and, you know, writing was considered art, right? This sort of cuneiform writing uh, tablets that we're finding and, and, and discovering this region that are considered art for it because there, there was not prolific writing. There was there was very specific scribes who were able to do it. And so it was a, it was a real rare talent. Um, so that that's, I think, a fascinating it's, it's connection to the way that the civilization is built mm -hmm. um, can be is really cool. Why? Were, I wonder why pyramids were the structure or the form that they decided upon. So, yeah, there, there's there's various theories and there's there's stuff that goes towards a lot of it is sort of reaching up towards, uh, you know, a religious practice, reaching up towards gods. And, and there is, um, you know, you're dealing with um, polytheism, uh, multiple different gods at the time. So gods of the earth, of the sun, of, of water. And so. Um, various different, you know, 
you know, reasons for that. But um, I think oftentimes that's, that's a common idea. But, um, yeah, it, it is a fascinating structure, uh, fascinating sort of uh, way of building. Um, and, the, and the kids, love, you know, when we get into Egypt, and that's, that's always the pyramid is always one they recognize. And that, yeah. that's a fun sort of, you know, uh, topic to walk through, right, and really getting the perspective of how really big they are, how unique they are. And, um, you know, you, you get all sorts of theories from the boys, but it, it's fun to walk through. Well, it's interesting that we today think we're so advanced with our headphones and our <laughs> podcast setup and our iPhones. Yeah. And then we look back, we almost look back on the past as like, oh, that they weren't as advanced as we were. And yeah. some of the creations and the art, artistic structures that were created back then, we still don't even understand how they, they've been built. Yeah. And, and I think the advancements of how, how advanced this, uh, civilization is, right? And the connections that are made and, and that there was trade and that there was the, the you know, the, the trading of ideas and how all that was going on um, at the same time, right? Yeah, it's not, it's, it's yeah, the misconception of, you know, uh, less advanced, but, you know, it's, it's, it's different. It's a different time period, but it, really amazing stuff is going on. Um, and that's, that's a fun sort of, you know, walk to take with the boys and, and getting to that point of realizing like, oh, there's, there's a lot more to this than just sort of something that's really old. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, it's a fun class. Uh, look forward to it. It's also nice to, we, we jump around the world too. So, um, you know, we'll go to, we'll go to, um, South Asia, East Asia, um, and, and talk about various artifacts there. We're going to Africa. Um, we're going to the, Amer- the Americas, um, and and so it's it's nice to some some of which they recognize a lot of which they don't and that's that's a good thing sort of getting them getting to see new things. So I have a proposal for you. I, I think both of your classes are just incredibly fascinating. If I wasn't <laughs> teaching English, I'd love to sit in on your <laughs> classes. But I think you should, you know, if you're not, you're probably way too busy with all the other things <laughs> you do on campus. But you should definitely lead a trip somewhere <laughs> with uh, art history and world yeah. cultures. Yeah. You know. You, pretty much go anywhere in the world yeah where do you think if you were to lead a trip where you might take you know 20 students it's 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 a good question i mean there's there's a lot of areas you can do i think the fun thing to do would be to go and 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 sort of map that connectivity that you start to see so like so starting you know uh, in some of the more sort of ancient areas and then following how that, you know, from the Fertile Crescent all the way into sort of Greek and then, you know, that, that spread to Italy and Rome. And, um, you know, it's it, it would be fun to do that. You could, you, but you can go in a million different directions. You can follow the Silk Road. You can go to, the, you know, the Great Wall of China and see, you know, how there's there's actually, you know, sort of two versions of the Great Wall of China. And, and you know, there's there's one built on top of another. And so there's a lot of ways you can go. Um, it would be hard to, hard for me to pick. <laughs> well, once you once you – Decide if you want to go. I'll, I'll sign up yeah. as your chaperone. I'll help you plan it because I definitely we can. Cesare would, I'm sure he'd like to come too. That's a deal. <laughs> fun. All right, Coach Emma. Well, we'll let you get on to uh, whatever you need to do to prepare for the McDonough game tomorrow. But yeah. thank you very much for coming in today. We're rooting for Gilman. Go Hounds. Cesare, thanks for coming in and yeah. uh, appreciate it. Good pre- luck. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank. Thank you guys and go Hounds. Go Hounds. Thank <laughs> you.